we all experience uncomfortable emotions. It's not as simple as think right, be cheerful, or have faith. We need to be in love one another relationships. This is what we're talking about today on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're glad you've joined us. Honey, I thought we'd talk about one of your favorite scriptures on Soul Talks today. Which one? From Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I do love that scripture. I remember the first time I ever read that scripture, I was eight years old, I was at school, And I had a Sunday school paper with me and I opened it up and it had inside of it a cartoon drawing with that verse in it. The first part of that verse from the Living Bible, the Living Bible had just come out. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't forget to thank God for his answers. I thought, wow, that's really great. (laughs) Uh, What a precious little girl you were. I was really excited to read that. And your excitement was that God is offering you peace and comfort in the difficulties of life. Yeah, and I think, too, just that he hears me. He wants me to converse with him about ah, what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. He cares about that. And you've continued all these years in a relationship with God like that, this conversational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty talkative, though. I have to <laughs> uh, learn. I've learned and grown as I've gotten older to listen more. Well, I think you're a great listener. And I know that the Lord loves the way you share yourself with him, that you talk to God all day long about the things that you're experiencing, the feelings that you're having and questions that you have and your heart for people as they share things with you and you entrust uh, them and their needs to the Lord. Yeah, I'm really grateful. I don't have to worry about interrupting God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you worry about interrupting me, though, don't you? I do, a lot. (laughs) I exercise a lot of self-control every day to not interrupt you. (laughs) Yeah, I get focused when I'm working on stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the connection between the two sides of my brain the same way that you do. You, well, you, not you, always easy for me to be interrupted either, but it's certainly harder for you. That's true. Yeah, I think you handle it with a lot of grace. Well, thank you, honey. So do you. So we're talking about faith and feelings because they don't often seem like they go together. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we hear people that say feelings are dangerous. You know, we hear people of faith, uh, even people highly respected. In the faith. Well, yeah. So I want to read a quote from one of my favorite books uh, called The Secret of Guidance. Uh, it's over 100 years old by F.B. Meyer. And it's a great book on what we're talking about, a conversational relationship with God and hearing God's voice. And it's very rich spiritual uh, wisdom in this book, very practical to life and to growing in our discipleship with the Lord and our intimacy with God. And uh, a little later in the book, he has a chapter called Fact faith, feeling. And I have to say, when I saw that chapter, I thought my heart just sort of sank. I go, oh, I know this teaching and I don't think I like this teaching very well. (laughs) Right? Feelings are the caboose, that one. That's right. Yeah. The feelings are the caboose. (laughs) Yeah. Well, these have been hard teachings for me too, you know, because when I hear people that diminish the importance of feelings or don't quite have the amount of feelings I do or say things like feelings are dangerous. 
I tend to think, well, they're not like me. If feelings are dangerous, I like live with dynamite in me like all day. (laughs) I think we all do more or less. Some of us are just better at keeping those feelings pushed down and keep them at bay, so to speak. Well, so let's give F.B. Meyer a chance here. Let's see what he says about fact, faith, and feeling. He says, uh, most people try to put feeling first. Uh, with about as much success as if they tried to build the top story of a house before laying its foundation. Then he says, others seek to put faith first without considering the facts on which alone faith and feeling can rest. And so he says, no, the facts need to be the foundation uh, and then our faith in God and then our feelings. He says, uh, the facts of which we are told in the Bible are like stepping stones across a brook. Before you reach the shallows where they lie, you wonder how you will get over. But when you step down to the margin of the water, you see that they span the space from bank to bank. When you've reached one stepping stone or fact, you can step out to another and so on to get all the way across. He says, it's absurd to consult feelings or look for faith while you're still at a distance from the brookside. So he's saying that the way that we work out our emotional challenges in life, our fears and doubts and insecurities and sadness and frustrations and anger and feelings of guilt and shame and all this sort of thing is by walking it out with the Lord uh, in daily life. And it's like crossing over a river of stepping stones one after the next beautiful picture, and it's, it sounds so logical, right? Fact, faith, feeling. It does. But life seems so much more messy than that, doesn't it? Very, yeah, because if I'm over, if I'm feeling overwhelmed by my emotions, by my feelings, uh, it might be hard for me to focus on the next stone to step on. Yeah, and there are some facts in our bodies, like hormones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for acknowledging that. <laughs> or uh, sickness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or uh, declining health problems. Yes. Or chemicals that are out of whack, like serotonin. Mm-hmm. And these facts can have a huge impact on our emotions. Yes. And they can feel more powerful than the facts of the Bible. Yeah, they can. You talked with Dallas Willard about that one time. Yeah, I did. I, I said, Dallas, it frustrates me that... Seems like hormones have more control over me than the Holy Spirit. It doesn't seem like it should be that way. And he just acknowledged, yeah, that's real. That's true. I've seen that. And so we have these very real emotional struggles and challenges. And I think that this verse that we began with from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, is often taken out of context. In fact, I use this in the class I teach on biblical blunders that bruise and confuse. That's a good class, good teaching. We teach that at TLC too. Yeah, in our TLC retreats and the Soul Care Ministry Week, we, mm-hmm. we go into that. And I think that we, you know, we read Paul's talking about, well, in the context, he's saying, you know, rejoice in the Lord always and, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. There's just precious verses and such great wisdom and health in being joyful and grateful in the Lord and, of course, in appreciating that the Lord is near. And, and by the way, that is the big fact, is that, you know, our God is Emmanuel. He's near and he's, he's taken on 
uh, human flesh in the Lord Jesus. He's come close and he's, he's walked in our skin, which is uh, perfect divine empathy. But we'll come back to that part. So, you know, do not be anxious about anything. You know, so we, we read that and if we just take it at face value, it sounds like God is telling us, repress your emotions. Don't have anxious feelings. Don't have fearful feelings. And then we just kind of lump in with that, all those other emotions I mentioned. Yeah, I've definitely projected that onto God because I've had people that I respect in positions of authority, you know, tell me that too. And besides it, negative emotion doesn't feel good. <laughs> who, so, who wants them? Right. So even, you know, I have a friend that I talk to and she's she's very good at being positive and when she's hurting or there's a situation that she could be anxious about or she could be upset about and I connect with her and I, I want to empathize with her about those emotions, I tend to hear back from her the positivities of the focus on the positive things and statements of faith. And when I hear that, there's a part of me that like rejoices that she knows these facts and has faith mm-hmm. and you know affirms that that's true and that's right. But there's another part of me that feels like yeah, but there's still these emotions underneath that I want to care for her and I want to hold for her and I want to empathize with her about that. And I know that when somebody, when I allow somebody to do that for me, it actually really strengthens the foundation of my faith. It clears my vision to really be able to walk in the fullness of the faith. Okay, so putting feelings before uh, facts maybe in this fact, faith, feeling train, the way it's been presented to us, you're saying, well, sometimes you need to like really focus in on the feelings and that helps you to, and especially if you share those feelings with someone who is listening to you and opens their heart to you and validates your experience and gives compassion that that actual life experience and that enfleshed divine empathy that helps you now. Mm-hmm. Yes, it helps me. It helps me to get free of the negative emotion. It helps me to get free of it so that then I can reorient back to faith. Kind of like in the Psalms where the, Psalms, the psalmist expresses his emotions and this disorientation state, but then he reorients with statements of faith at the end after he's gotten free of the, the feelings. You know, our feelings are actually a kind of reality. You know, they're subjective reality, right? This is my experience. And of course, our feelings can be distorted and they can be uh, inaccurate to what's going on in my life and around me. Uh, they can, we can have, uh, and we do have misperceptions of other people uh, and of God, as you were saying, we project things onto God. And even as I'm suggesting here in the, the biblical blunders idea, we misinterpret scripture. And oftentimes the reason why we do that is because of emotions we're having that we're reading into the text of God's word, even though we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So the subjective reality of our emotions is something that we need to reckon with and we need to talk out in the context of a relationship with a safe person. And in the fact, faith, feeling train, it doesn't come across to us like that's part of the process. No, it doesn't. Or that feelings even have that kind of weight or validity or significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if I'm talking with someone who is repressing their feelings 
and making these positivity statements or these statements of faith, then I can sometimes start to feel like some feelings of shame. Like, oh, well, I guess I'm just negative to be thinking this negative stuff. Or I guess I'm just not as mature in my faith as this person because I'm grieving this loss. I'm not all focused on, well, but God's going to work this for good. And I know he will, but I'm, I'm in grief. It's such a subtle thing, isn't it, honey? You know, it's just like how we talk about in listening to other people. It's important that we don't rush to give them advice or to reassure them in the, in the sense of giving, a, you know, a cheerleading little pep talk. Oh, you know, don't feel bad. It's going to be okay. Look on the good part of it. You know, that sort of thing. This is not caring. It's not helpful. Of course, not judging people and this sort of thing. But what we do to other people as listeners, we do that to them because it's what we're doing to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's probably what we've experienced even mm-hmm. as children and yeah. internalize that. That's right. And so that's what we know. That's how we know to relate to our own feelings is to give ourselves advice mm-hmm. or to tell ourselves to cheer up and look on the positive side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are tricky things because the advice we give might be full of wisdom. And yet the wisdom of Job's friends was called Proverbs of Ashes. And when the Lord revealed himself to Job and his friends, he said to his friends, you know, you, you guys haven't spoken rightly about me like my servant Job has. I mean, Job's been depressed and complaining and venting negative emotion for over 30 chapters. <laughs> but the Lord says he's spoken rightly because he spoke honestly and he spoke directly to the Lord in an intimate relationship. And so God is, is, has lots of empathy unending empathy for Job. And then he does come in the whirlwind as part of this, and he shows Job the bigger picture of the truth and the facts that he's not seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and so, you know, sometimes it, it blocks the care that I want to give to somebody if they're real quick to just go to the facts and the faith statements. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with sort of a, the cheerful positive outlook, uh, reassurance type things. That we, we, oftentimes we're doing that to ourselves. We don't realize it. And again, just like when we're giving advice to ourselves or someone else, there, there's some good in that maybe because maybe there's some truth, but then yet it's negating the actual emotion that's going on. So that part's not helpful. It's the same thing with sort of the, the cheer up mentality or the be positive focus is that, well, it, it is good to be grateful and to look on what is true and noble and right, which Paul goes on to talk about in the next verses in Philippians. But if we're doing that in order to repress our emotions and our needs, this is not good. So it's a very tricky thing that we get, I think we get confused on. And so we, we misread this passage in Philippians 4. What Paul is really saying is, in everything that you're anxious about, or by extension, He's saying, and everything that you're, you feel sad about or frustrated about, talk to God about these things. Bring them to the Lord in prayer and petition. And, and with thanksgiving, also, look to God and what God is doing. And then remember, he's with you. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. He cares about your emotions. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying that we should get just spiral down in all this morose, navel-gazing, feeding negative emotion we're not saying that. No, of course not. Because We're just saying being truthful with it, with what you're feeling. And be balanced and realize that it's not as linear or mechanistic as maybe it seems when we get this fact-faith feeling 
understanding that, you know, life is messy. Relationships are, are intertwined. The spiritual life is complex. It's not a line, you know, of, of causation. A leads to B leads to C. It's, it's a lot more muddled up than that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes B leads to A and sometimes C leads to B and C might lead to A and it's all intertwined. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we just got to, you know, God comes right in the middle of that and, and helps us. And he calls us to do that for each other. And so I was thinking today with Philippians, you know, the whole context of this book is human relationships. Paul is writing a letter to the people of Philippi, and he's doing so with great thankfulness to them for the relationship that they have and offering pastoral concern for them with specific people being named. It's a letter that's filled with compassion and validation of feelings and and needs. And then throughout the letter, we see this. And then right in the context of Philippians 4, Paul goes into, you know, thanking the Philippians that they've been showing concern for him, mm-hmm. you know, compassion and empathy for him and yeah. been generous with him. See? Yeah. That, that's so important to remember that relational context. So helpful, honey. Thank you. Yeah. And we so readily missed this. Just uh, the other day I was talking with a pastor and he was sharing some difficult things that he went through as a child with me that were triggered by something current that he went through. And as he recalled these experiences to me, he so quickly went to a place of positivity around how God has redeemed this situation and now used it for his ministry so that he's able to be helpful to other people. And I you know, was listening and I affirmed that and I said, um, you know, that's, it's always so good to be grateful. And I see how the Lord is using these things in your life and your ministry. Uh, but I, I want you to see that there is uh, another gratitude. This is what you're sharing here is like a secondary gratitude. But what we need is, is the primary gratitude that goes back to the place of wounding, to the place of hurt, to the place of loneliness. And let's find Jesus there even before he redeems it all the way for you to help other people. You're going so quickly from that pain to what God wants to do for somebody else, but you're not letting me connect with you around the disappointment of what just happened and really the deep hurt underneath that because it's tapping into this childhood situation. So let's hang out in those two situations, the present and the past one, and talk to me more about how that feels. That feels vulnerable. Yeah, and that's what I was helping him to see is that he was avoiding that. And we so, don't like being vulnerable. And why don't you like to be vulnerable? Well, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, I want to be, you know, I mean, I think I've been trained in this world to, you know, look as if I've got it all together, as if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, mature and godly and not show weakness and vulnerability. And I want to be all put together. I don't want to have areas that still need God's healing touch. And that's what my friend was doing. He has healed me. He was trying to focus on the positive side and encourage himself with how the Lord was using him in ministry to others, which is a good thing. But part of his motivation for doing it was squelching these hurt and needy emotions that, as you're saying, honey, felt too vulnerable to him. So So. then it keeps us from true growth and healing. Mm hmm. That part. So I wonder if as a prayer, we might just close with some words here from F.B. Meyer and how he kind of brings this home to us in a, a, a positive way. He says, as we are going through uh, these burdens and difficult feelings that are as changeable as the April weather, may we hold fast to the handrail of our Father's will, mm-hmm. willing to do His will, mm-hmm 
even though we're in the dark. In these emotional struggles, may the Lord help us to get into the presence of Jesus, to leave our burdens there in the hands of the Lord and find that his peace will fill our inner temple and the environing presence of God will keep the soul within us in an unbroken Sabbath. Yes, Lord, let it be that we find this peace that passes understanding through your perfect love for us and through our trusting the reality, the facts that you are with us. And thank you, Lord, that you give us the blessing to be in love one another relationships with other people in the body of Christ that help us find that handrail that sometimes seems so elusive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you'll share Soul Talks with a friend. You can do that on iTunes or soulshepherding.org. And we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website or on Facebook. Let us know about your experience with Soul Talks. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.